Welcome, my love, to the Living for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, aka Anna Empowers, here to more deeply understand with you the rich fullness of God. Because when you understand your creator, you understand his creation, yourself, his world, all that he designed for you to be. God led me out of self-sabotage and insecurity and the new age deception by breaking chains that bound me to my past. And that is my mission here today with you to help you in him and in him alone break chains that bind you to your past, break chains of shame, of insecurity, of self-sabotage in him. So together we can be humbled and surrender to his glorious love and unleash the gifts that he willed for us to bring into his world for him and his glory, not for ourselves. He wants to guide you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to heal you like he's healed so many aspects of my life. When I didn't even seek him at first, God is so good, so patient, so perfectly loving. On this podcast, you'll receive inspiring stories and experiences and mistakes I've made all along the way, plus the unique perspectives of thought leaders on faith-based life and faith-based business so that you can amplify your faith in God's work in your own life. God wants you to store the unique gifts, talents, and ideas that he gave you. He sanctifies and clarifies your unique design the more you come to know and walk with him. God is the strength that I lean on every day to be made into a better steward, servant, wife, and woman for his glory. Welcome to the Living for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Anna Empowers, or Anastasia, and this is my husband, Kevin. Hello. <laughs> I roped him into coming on here today because God has been speaking into our marriage a lot and has been teaching me a lot about marriage and I'm still an awful wife a lot of the time yeah but I've been learning a lot and I feel like a lot of you are really curious about what it's been like for Kevin my husband to witness what God's been doing in my life to witness how God has taken me from a new age heathen of sorts to I guess someone a Christ-like heathen so um, let's just get started then. Sure. I think that it would be helpful for the people watching, listening to hear a little bit about who you are and a piece of your testimony, wherever you want to start, whatever you want to share to just like summarize it. I know that we can talk for hours about your testimony alone, but anything that you think would be helpful as a basis of like your worldview and what shaped your worldview today? Sure. Uh, I was raised in a big Irish Catholic family that was probably the large, that had the largest impact on me growing up in terms of my morals, my values. Uh, I went through the Catholic catechism, catechism, yeah, catechism, um, you know, uh, communion, confirmation, all that. So I was, I was really Catholic up until I joined the Marines, um, out of high school. And even, even then for a little bit, I still, I still kind of kept, kept up with it, but I fell away from it, um, for, you know, a good long while until actually, uh, we moved to Colorado and 
uh, my mom got sick, unfortunately, and, and she passed away last year. And that, that really helped bring me closer to God because I was, you know, in, in, out of sorts and just kind of looking for answers. And um, we did a lot of church shopping, trying to figure out, you know, which place was best for us. Uh, you were definitely not bought in at the time. So we were looking for kind of someplace that was very user-friendly and very new person-friendly. Um, whereas me, I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I should go to a Catholic church. And I tried that a couple of times. Um, and it's weird because I actually, I, I spoke to a Catholic priest um, and he was like, just get your family into a church, uh, which, you know, I'm not sure if that's, that's like dogma for, for the Catholic church, but it definitely helped me um, make peace with the fact that we're not always going to align exactly 100% on every, uh, in, in retrospect, kind of unimportant stuff, because you and I both believe that Christ is our Lord and Savior. Uh, we both believe that he is fully, he was fully man and he is fully God. And really all the important stuff in life that, you know, since we've been married, because we've been pretty much on this journey together, we've, we've been on each other's team about, uh, even even deciding to you know come to Christ was you know a, a mutual decision that we both came to. It's not like uh, one of us imposed it onto the other, which uh, you know by the grace of God I think is is something that is one of the big strengths of our marriage. Yeah, I think something that, and if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to, but that stands out, and I think especially since we've been investigating the book of Job together. We did a Lisa Harper study together that you didn't like very much. Well, Lisa's great. I just didn't like the study that much. <laughs> but I know that's one of your favorite books. And from what you shared just now, it sounds like the hard times with your mom being sick and all of that was one way that God actually kind of pulled you in closer to him and really used that to benefit your, you spiritually and benefit your relationship with him. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that now in retrospect. Obviously, it was really challenging and really painful, but looking back, how do you see it now? I don't know. I, that's, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. That, I think that's something I kind of need a little bit more time with i mean you're probably you're probably right like i mean god uses everything um for good but that's still kind of that's still kind of raw for me it's just hard to see the silver linings still and you know it might take it might take me i don't know a month a week years maybe um but i know that i know that it's there it's just something that i don't want to face yet if that makes mm -hmm. sense uh, yeah i only mention it because when you talked about our journey back, or for you, your journey back, for me, I think really first time journey to Jesus. That sounds like the pivotal moment when you describe it healing and describe it to other people. Sometimes it's like we started in your perspective, looking into churches because you were struggling with your mom's illness. So how, and like in the book of Job, how he uses pain and suffering to give us a newfound depth to our relationship with him. But we don't have to go deeper into yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and but I, it I just think stood out to me when you were summarizing that piece of your life. 
I think that's all correct. I definitely, and, and it's weird because we actually started looking for churches before I even knew my mom was sick. Yeah. Uh, but she, she was sick. I just hadn't been told yet. Um, so that, that could have also been God. Uh, and probably was, I mean, you really could attribute everything to him. So, um, but that was, that was definitely, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, you can, you could believe in just very convenient timing. Um, and I'm sure you're right. And the, the Job story is definitely applicable. I went to like a grief share afterwards. And that was one of the things that they, they taught as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just, it's still a little too raw for me. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, let's get into what I said we wanted to talk about here today. And that is kind of your perspective on all the different paths that I've taken in our time together. And especially when I started diving into new ageism but really anywhere you want to start with that question this is about to be a three-hour podcast <laughs> part one of seven um yeah i mean when we met in college um we were we were both i was i was like you know kind of conservative guy um but sort of a, a shallow conservatism like uh I knew the things that I was against, but I didn't really have a good, like, what am I for? Uh, and you were kind of like the, the opposite. You were like a, a liberal, uh, you were a feminist, uh, you were, you know, a materialist. Like I was you, practically communist that, when yeah. I took, there's this like political grid <laughs> the, quiz, the compass test, yeah. Right, and I took it twice. I took it once in high school when they handed out that quiz or something like that um, in my U.S. history class my senior year. And then I took it again around the time that we started talking. And I was as far, I think it was at the bottom left. Yeah. I was as far to the bottom left as you could basically get, which I don't remember what that. Uh, that's like uh, left, left, um, like left libertarian. So like, mm. um. I don't know. I don't so know I guess it's not communism because communism requires yeah, that's a lot of government yeah. involvement. So yeah, anyway, very, I was very, very liberal. Anti, you've always been anti-authority, which is ironic because you've come to God and now he's, he's but now he's my authority and it's not flawed human beings, that's which true. I think is what I've always mistrusted is like imperfect, flawed, fallen people in authority over us. Yeah. No, and I get that. Um, but but you were also um, I think I think the defining, tr yeah, that you were heavily in the sciences uh, in college, and your defining sort of characteristic in in terms of your worldview is you were very ma like materialist, like you were uh, nothing that you could kind of any nothing you couldn't touch or see mattered as much as say uh, things that you could prove. Um, and, and and scientific truths that's interesting when we met i feel like i was less that than before we met so even when we met you you saw that about me oh, yeah. i was really materialist yeah okay. um i say um a lot so i'm sorry out there all you people who have to indulge in me but 
uh, as we as we started dating, it you, your views changed. Uh, there were you know a few different. It, it's hard to say because you went in a bunch of different directions. Uh, the most prominent was the new age. Uh, you believed in a lot of kooky stuff. Uh, I never said that to you out loud because I wanted to, you know, keep my girlfriend at the time, <laughs> later fiance and then later wife. But there was definitely a lot of like, uh huh, okay, sure, honey, yeah, great. Um, probably, I mean, yeah, Jungian shadow work was probably like the apex of where you went. Uh, I've seen a few other places like. Uh, like channeling, which was uh, scary for me, but also, I, I, see, I know you. Like, if I if I say I think this is wrong, I think that uh, this is like it's just not good. I don't think it's good for you. You're just gonna go off and do that even more so. Uh, I know your parents because I've met your parents because you told me so much about your upbringing that they were very much like my way or the highway. Uh, you chose the highway every time. Uh, you got very good at living on the highway, uh, metaphorically. And, uh, you know, part of me looking back, I'm like, oh, you know, I was kind of weak uh, here or there. Like I should have kind of stood up for what I believed in. But also at the same time, I didn't really believe in anything. Uh, so it was hard to, to take a stand and say, well, I think this is bad. Uh, or I think that you're kind of going down that self-destructive path because I was going down my own self-destructive path in mm. a lot of ways. When you said that you met me and I was really materialist and you said you didn't really believe in much yourself at the time, where was your worldview when we met? Um, I don't know, like kind of basic Republican. Like I was... So I was angry. Theologically, did oh, you believe in God? Were you kind of agnostic? How would you I, label agnostic? I was I was agnostic. It was just one of those things I just wasn't thinking about, you know. Which I mean is basically atheism in a lot of ways. Uh, if if anybody asked me, do you believe in God? I would have said yes, but I wouldn't really have any answers past that. Okay. You know, I I saw God as kind of you know indifferent to the world. You know, he, he did his job and I, I could kind of re recite half truths about like Catholic dogma and like things that I kind of learned wrote growing up, but uh, nothing I really believed. And I still kind of struggle with belief sometimes. Like, I think I have faith, but I don't know. Um, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I think, do I really believe? You know, am I, mm. is there, is there a bar that I'm just not reaching? You know, do I really think that the creator of the universe knows everything about me and sees everything I do? Do I act in a way that kind of jives with, with that belief, you know? Mm. So you're saying that you believe in God's omniscient, omniscience but you're questioning whether you live in accordance with that belief. Like you yeah. mentally believe it, but you're questioning whether you're living it out. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people struggle to, to actually live it out. Cause I mean, to be fair, it's, it's daunting, you know, it, it's, 
it's it's really heavy uh, mm -hmm. to to think that there is this omniscient, uh, omnipotent creator out there who just has known everything about you since before you were even like before your father and your grandfather and you know way down the line he he's had you written out you know mm -hmm. uh yeah it's tough <laughs> okay so going back to our time together you met me i was a staunch feminist if you can say that and materialist in your eyes i in my eyes where it was like a little bit less materialistic in terms of maybe materialist is the wrong word materialist in my worldview because I was just starting to get into the law of attraction and all that stuff but that wasn't really part of our relationship yet mm -hmm. it was kind of my private spiritual journey I suppose yeah um but you met me I was feminist I was a liberal leftist progressive I don't know and I think you also had to be uh because because of the school we went to we went to school in New York and you know you had, you had to be uh to to survive but you weren't right but I kept a lot of my opinions to myself mm -hmm. uh and you know, when, when, it, when it slipped that I voted for Donald Trump in 2016, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. A lot of, a yeah. lot of angry women. Yeah. We, I remember, so I went to Barnard college, uh, for those of you who don't know, but it's a women's college, part of Columbia university in New York. And when Donald Trump was elected in 2016, we had, I forgot if it was called like a town hall, but we had like a big panel about the trauma of it all and how we're going to cope with it as a college and like these women on campus and there was a lot of a lot of like lesbian queer going on um community going on at our both i mean the whole university but especially at barnard the women's college as well as like people of color and like the, the, those all those conversations not one shaved leg or armpit <laughs> that's not true that's not true but anyway so politics aside um I was very like progressive mm -hmm. and materialistic very much like part of the humanist society right yes yeah, right. very much I mean like, I, I was too just kind of on the other another area. political side right but we, I guess we were both humanist in our and how we were living our lives mm -hmm. and our worldviews so then what what did you see happen next I saw you sort of explore. I saw you exploring more metaphysical ideas. Uh, you you graduated college, uh, and even even a little bit before then, you like you kind of mentioned you were exploring like the law of attraction, uh, which is you know kind of like baby steps towards the new age. Uh, you were reading a lot. Uh, I think uh, one book by like Eckhart Tolle, I think you had for like two years that you were kind of thumbing through back and forth. Um, and you were also, I don't know, you, there was, there was one incident I remember because you were depressed for a while. And I think, I think part of it was you trying to get out of your depression, mm -hmm. right? Like, cause you, you were, you were, you were down bad you know you were I would I would go to class and I'd leave you you were on the couch I would come back you know hours later same position uh yeah you know what do you want to eat mm -hmm. like just very much like 
apathy. Very apathetic, very much. Because uh, I mean, you were also having a tough time. You couldn't find work for a little while. Uh, actually, for for a long while, if I remember correctly, like right out of college, you couldn't find work. Um, and you were a lot of your friends had moved away and off to other places, so you were kind of uh, isolated from from people who cared about you and uh, you cared about. Uh, there was some fighting. Uh, with with other people that you knew Um, so that kind of that must not have felt very good and just a lot of just a a lot of tragedies that kind of hit you one by one by one and you're like okay there's got to be something more to life uh, than you know what I'm dealing with right now and I think that's when you started searching for something now, of course, for you back then, Christianity, right out, you know, Christianity was for ignorant people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hicks, uh, people who live in the South, you know, bigots, bigot- oh, bigots. bigots, oh, yeah, no, no, bigots are uh, just Christians are the the worst, yeah. you know, they're, they're hypocritical, the Catholic ones, the priests are all diddling the, the kids. Uh, can we say diddling? We can <laughs> say diddling. Okay, good. So Christianity, right out. Um, I think, I think more and and also because of sort of this rebellious streak that you have, because you don't trust human authority, which you still, you know, have, have that distrust of human authority, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, because it's not as perfect as God. Um, and you were a perfectionist, uh, pretty much all mainstream religion was out right away. But um, Buddhism, right? I mean, and, and really, that was like two weeks because I remember you said in college that you'd taken like a, a Buddhism course. Yeah, it was Buddhism and neuroscience because my major was neuroscience. So I thought this was really curious. Um, I didn't turn out to like it because it was mostly like the it was like neuroscience studies pertaining to buddhism yeah. and to me there wasn't enough neuroscience to satisfy me as a neuroscience major most of the people were like religion majors and things of that nature and there also wasn't enough religion to teach me so anyway but yeah i did take that one course okay so i started trying to answer questions that i had because we're going back to the job idea now because of the suffering i was enduring and mm-hmm. my suffering goes back obviously way back to before i met you when i was like 13 and you guys know the story of my depression and all the emotional crap that I was trying to deal with and trying to find answers for that's really what opened the door like you noticed to all this stuff and it's funny how I knew that even well before I met you like back when I was a little kid basically when I was 13 14 years old and you still saw the same thing you saw from the outside looking at me searching me trying to like heal myself and Mm -hmm. fix myself and get out of suffering i was trying to find an answer it sounds like in your eyes for suffering right oh definitely and i mean you've and i i think that's also one of the things because you're always changing uh your your one constant is that you're changing uh i remember you changed your hair color for a little while i remember pretty much anytime you buy clothes you'll you'll wear it once and then you'll kind of hate it um (laughs) And then you'll walk into the closet and you'll say, what will I wear? Uh, I just, I just made a big order oh. for new clothes. 
because Yay. I, feel, I feel like I don't have now I'm trying out modest dressing and I realized everything I had was short and tight okay <laughs> what watch people at home you're gonna see all my hair fall out um but yeah so you've always been changing you've always been I don't know. You've always been trying to make yourself good, uh, which makes me sad because I think you're good. But um, you, you've always tried to, I guess, improve. You, you, you fell into like you know that self improvement culture, mm -hmm. uh, very much like uh, you were big into Tony Robbins when we met. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you were buying courses here and there, like how to be a better entrepreneur, how to, uh, I remember you watched, or you read um, uh, Cal Newport, right? I think it was. I did read Cal, I, I read him a lot in college, but I also read Deep Work by him when we were living mm -hmm. together. Uh, you read uh, the, the, the Habits book. Power of Habits. Yes, the power. I read of that habit. in high school, or like yeah. right after. Well, you high gave school. it to me when we first yeah, started dating. Yeah, I was still, yeah, I was still very much in that world. But you were like, okay, how can I? And and you're still kind of like this too. You're like, how can I? Now, how can as, I be the best Christian? Exactly. How can I speed run conversion? How can I be the most efficient? This or that. If yeah. I'm cooking, I got to make sure I use the least amount of dishes. <laughs> uh, you know, just just very much, uh, like like very german like stereotypically <laughs> like how they're like very efficient that's how you kind of are um i'll take it you know good or bad i guess so what did you see happen next i was trying to find an answer for suffering yes i was on the self-help train basically deep in it yep uh social media definitely played a big role yeah. in, in you you fell down several rabbit holes many um <laughs> I think I think TikTok was TikTok around then. No, no. In twenty twenty, it really picked up. That's okay. when. I... So then I guess it was. Uh, well, I guess we could fast forward kind of to like 2019, 2020. Um, yeah, you were very much in the self help realm. You were kind of flirting with with new age stuff. Um, twenty nineteen, early twenty nineteen was when I started really diving into chakras and channeling and all of that. Mm, that's right. I think I even. And see, looking back, I feel bad because I was like supportive and indulgent to this. Uh, again, because I didn't really believe in much myself and I wanted you to be happy. Hmm. Uh, if I had been, I don't know, I guess if I, if I had cared more. You cared, it sounds like. It's not that you didn't care. I guess I didn't care enough, but if I cared more, could have saved you a lot of grief, or might have split up. Yeah, it sounds like going back to what you were saying earlier about knowing me and knowing my rebellious nature. It was you were simply smart. <laughs> you knew, you knew that I would react with rebellion, and not only that, but. I wouldn't have heard any other, I, I wouldn't have heard you, even if I didn't necessarily rebel against it, although I probably would have. I don't think it would have penetrated. Mm -hmm. I think that in retrospect, 
God was even using that because to go from materialist, super leftist, feminist, science nerd to like trust experts to got to trust those experts a conservative Christian today it it would be it would be too big of a leap yeah so I feel like God brought me into faith in a weird way through the new age Mm -hmm. through opening my mind and my heart to the spiritual and the supernatural and a relationship with something out there Mm -hmm. and then gradually to the truth the true faith and and that's and that's the thing about you too um you said this the other day and i thought it was really apt you said if you're really looking for the truth you're gonna find it Mm -hmm. uh, one way or the other uh it's just that a lot of people aren't looking for you know the truth they're looking for i don't even want to speak for other people but like i i was looking for things to kind of fill you know a hole in my life i was and i'm still i still kind of do that you know i eat stuff i probably shouldn't eat um i get angry (laughs) Uh, i i play video games more than probably should he doesn't get angry you don't really get angry. Having grown up with anger around me, you don't have that. Okay. You make it sound like you throw stuff and you punch walls. Oh, no, no. I think you just feel anger inside. Yeah. Like he doesn't express anger. Which is, you know, really healthy. Make <laughs> sure you just keep it bottled up. Uh, that's that's my medical advice for you all out there. Okay, so let's, let's stay on track with the story then. I can't help it. It's fine. We have banter yeah so i'm curious most of all like you see me getting into channeling you see me getting Mm -hmm. into chakras you see me like channeling now demons but then aliens and like all this kind of stuff and making you watch it and Mm -hmm. like doing these shadow work ceremonies where you i mean i'd love to you to talk about the shadow work and breathwork experiences you had when i made you do them yeah that was um I but, mean, a lot, honestly, a lot of the time I was just laying in the bed waiting for it to be over. No, there I, was this one that I remember with like you, something you saw, a reflection you saw. Yep. And so I'd love you to sh- for you to share that in a second. But before we get there, I want to hear that you are, you're observing all this with a Catholic foundation, knowing about the world of demons and darkness. And while I, at the time, didn't believe in evil, really, well, like I did, I was scared of stuff, but yeah, anyway. You thought that, that the answer was loving loving it it. yeah Yeah, which uh i never shared that um (laughs) that idea so you you're saying a little bit how you kind of maybe regret how you didn't try to steer me away from it i personally agree with you um with what you did do with the fact that you knew i would rebel like you you i think you did the right thing i think you're right that had you said something I would have just shut you down I would have we would have lost a little bit of our connection like I would have maybe not trusted you or seen you the same it's hard to know obviously what it should could have but I do think you were probably you had the right line of thinking and looking back 
the whole time throughout a relationship, I feel like you really demonstrated godly qualities. Like I feel like you demonstrated the fruit of the spirit. I think you loved me the way God loved me through it all. You were patient. You were gentle. You were just like the biggest gentleman about it. You didn't make me, well, there were a couple of conversations we had where I like wanted you to respect me more on it, but overall you didn't make me feel crazy. You didn't make me feel wrong. You just kind of a libertarian approach to it almost of like you do you um but with care and heart through it and i don't know i'm sure if i started like sacrificing animals in the backyard you might have said something i probably (laughs) wouldn't have been super chill with that no but like i was putting menstrual blood on my face yeah yeah i did i did object to that and watering plants with it and stuff like that and boy you're just airing out all the all the laundry (laughs) yeah okay um so anyway all that stuff like it was pretty it was starting to verge on extreme for sure and I was talking to your dead ancestors and all that sort of stuff so what was what was going through your mind with that catholic foundation especially if anything because maybe that didn't come up but really what what were you thinking like why did you stay with me (laughs) I love you what what was your experience I was in love with you um and I wanted to see you happy Uh, did you see this stuff making me happy no but I saw that you were searching for it so I was for because I know that you're a smart capable woman and I know that when you if you're looking for something you're gonna find it Mm -hmm. um so you trusted me that even though you saw me going down really weird twisted paths in retrospect that you knew you couldn't tell me what to do that I wouldn't listen um and you trusted that what you said well I guess you reckoned me saying this but the idea that if I'm looking for truth I was going to find it yeah that takes a lot of patience you have a lot of patience I do still do have you always had a lot of patience yeah yeah um just I mean growing up with my family um I don't know like my mom she wasn't quick to anger but when she did get angry she yelled a lot um and my dad also not not, like slow to anger but like very much like angry angry when they did get angry they never hit me or anything. I have really great parents. I have to say that right now. I had the best parents growing up. And, you know, I still have a really, you know, I still have a good relationship with my dad. I wish it was kind of better, but we live across the country. Uh, so uh, more advice, call your parents if you still have them, I guess. And then also, I mean, my younger brother uh, has, has ADHD. Uh, so he was, you know, just a little bit much to handle sometimes, uh, especially if he got like overstimulated. If if we're having fun, he has too much fun. It just he, he just ramps up to a, like a lot. I do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, my brother was practice for you, definitely. <laughs> um, God uses everything, and and that that helped me develop some patience. Uh, you know, I have I have. My mom was patient, definitely. Um, yeah. So 
moving forward in that timeline, you see me getting into really weird stuff. Then I also tried to get you into really weird stuff and you never budged. Tell me a little bit about that experience when I was trying to get you to do shadow work and breath work and you always tried things. And I would just love to know what was going through your head, why you sort of gave in to, uh, gonna, to appease I'm, I'm me. Gonna, I'm gonna admit, I mean, I like tried it like once. I would try it once and then you would ask me to do it again. Yeah. And I would just close the door and I would pause whatever video or thing was on. I would just kind of lay there until it was over. Well, I, <laughs> I think I recall you only doing things once or twice. So yeah. that makes sense. But, uh, but you did try things. Yeah. I mean, I would try it for you. Um, there was a lot of guilt. Uh, you felt, oh, I was guilty. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. You would guilt me like real hard. Like, you don't support me and, and you don't, uh, you don't care about me weird uh but you know it was, it was a way for me to you know take interest in the things that you were interested in I guess uh even though it seemed really weird and vaguely threatening did it ever feel wrong like this is once, dark once uh I was doing you know the like a shadow work ceremony thing mm -hmm. also it was also just annoying uh to, to because you would smudge the house and mm -hmm. you would like burn incense mm -hmm. and and stuff and like you would like get it all over me and like I would be doing something and be like right, drop everything I'm doing this right now and then you get mad at me you're like I just did this whole thing for the house like, I energetically <laughs> cleansed our whole house yeah get, you didn't even help <laughs> But yeah, so that was that was annoying. You 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 can be annoying sometimes. I don't know if you know that. So tell us about your shadow work experience. Yeah. Okay. So there was one time, uh, probably the second time I did it. The first time was like, uh, very looking back, very much stroking my own ego, or like the or way what, you are dynamite thing. Yeah, it was very it was very much stroking my ego. I I don't know if if it was the enemy like trying to lure in flies with honey mm. um kind of thing can you tell people what you experienced i don't even remember at this point i think i was uh it was you know when you what you do and i'm sure your audience kind of knows this from what you told them but what you do is you sit there and you get almost hypnotized mm -hmm. um by you know a, a recording of somebody's voice and they they take you down like a set of stairs and that's supposed to be then you uh you know going into your unconscious mind mm -hmm. uh and could also say that's you walking into hell but, yeah uh, and that's a hypnosis technique that's like i think the hypnosis technique because i've done a lot of hypnosis sessions before and they're all like that they all use that imagery of going down stairs and you get the spinning wheel and they always sometimes. count you down from like 10 to one. Tommy wants to be on the podcast too. I know. So, okay. So you went down the stairs. Yeah. And it was very rarely is it like kind of like a narrative thing. Like I, I have trouble paying attention sometimes. So like my mom, and maybe that was, that was, you know, kind of my saving grace in a lot of ways was that I couldn't pay attention. Uh, so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't getting hooked in to anything too quickly. You weren't really relaxing your conscious mind. No, no, I've your never conscious been able mind to was still that. online. No, 
Um, but yeah, it was like me uh, just kind of playing catch with myself and just telling me what a good special boy I was. Yeah. And the thing for me is for me, that was like your golden shadow. Like you're, you're kind of acquainted with your darkness. So you're the parts of you that were good that you had suppressed were coming. Like I was really psychologizing this experience. And I was also jealous of this experience because I had really dark, scary things come up and they were all memories. Like they were actually all memories. I recalled consciously Mm -hmm. of my childhood, but still like paired with this intense emotion. Um, I remember the first several times I practiced shadow work. It was this intense fear the whole time. Right. And then I had it for months. And then I remember even I had all these like weird nighttime experiences and like these symbols anyway. But um, you had such a positive experience. I was a little jealous. Oh, yeah. So anyway, the first time was this ego stroking you described, but you're playing catch with yourself. I remember you saying that you had this repeated phrase of your dynamite. Yeah. I mean, I'd on. also just been reading like Friedrich Nietzsche at the time so (laughs) um but but yeah uh, the first time was was definitely much very much like um trying to lure a small child in a van with candy uh the second time was snatching and putting the kid in the van this is a metaphor this is a metaphor although also real um I remember we, I, we were, I was laying on our bed. Um, we, I was doing, you know, the thing and I felt like I was going deep and I felt something literally grab me around my ankles. And I told you, oh, I felt that too. That's normal because there's the part of the recording where you get pulled in to this water and you're literally supposed to get pulled in. And then I felt that too during that. Yeah. And, but I only and felt that in our New York apartment, by the yeah, way. I felt, I, I felt the pull. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where this was. It might've been New York. It, it might've been New Colorado. York. Anyway. I felt this pull and I immediately just snapped out of it. Like mm-hmm. I was just done. And, oh, and you were like, oh, Kevin, you didn't do it right. Like you were like, if you would, if you would just commit to this, then you would be like, like looking back, like kind of pernicious if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, but, but luckily I think we both came out the other side there. I remember also one experience you shared with me where there was a point in the recording this was definitely this was all in New York I mainly did it in New York mm-hmm. um there's a point in the recording where you're supposed to look at your reflection in the water in mm-hmm. the visualization and you saw something scary can you yeah I saw like a warped version of my own face and it kept telling me that I was the shadow that everything like that everything that was out and about me in my waking life was this horrible evil thing Mm. Uh, so rather than you know a real like kind of because I mean that's what that's what the devil does is you know he'll he'll either offer you something that you want or he'll try and make you feel guilty for things that you've done Mm -hmm. uh any way to I mean, listen, if you're watching this, you, you know all about this. There are plenty of theologians out there who can can talk better about this than I can. But anyway, um, yeah, it was, it was very much like a, you're inherently bad. He was creation. shaming you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt a lot of shame there. Felt a lot of, because I've, I've always kind of had this like feeling in the back of my mind. I don't even know where it comes from. 
uh, that I'm either not enough, uh, that, that I'm not good enough, that everything that I try to do that's good ends up falling to pieces. And mm-hmm. like, I, I always make things worse. I remember I, I felt like I was behaving like I was in an exorcism, uh, what people would describe as manifesting demons. Like I was, my body was contorting. You weren't, you didn't see this, but you heard me like making lots of noises and things like that. So I don't know if there's anything spiritual to that or what that was exactly. Mm. Cause I saw it as like releasing stuff, but who knows? But did you think anything nefarious was going on or what did you think about me? I thought you were a crazy person, <laughs> but like, I'm like, I'm kind of a nut too. Like you can ask me about conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And I'm going to sound like kind of a nut job. So we were just kind of crazy in our own ways. So you thought that what I was doing was crazy, but it doesn't sound like you necessarily thought anything malicious was going on. No, I never thought that you were like, I never thought you were doing anything bad, just quirky. So what about the Halloween stuff that we did? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I went to a lot of funerals uh, as a kid growing up. Just you know, just it happens, and I've always kind of had it in the back of my mind. I would really like, like, I wanted to believe uh, that th- those kind of things were real. That like seances and and like uh, psychics and, and crap like that was real. Um, and I remember it, it's funny because my mom felt similar uh because she's just always she wanted the security of knowing that the people that she loved were in a better place like mm-hmm. it's it's one thing to believe that they are but she wanted at least, even if, if when the worst thing is is that it's a lie right but it's a comforting lie mm-hmm. so p- even if People are going to believe the comforting lie. So I was I was bought into a comforting lie uh, when we were doing stuff like that. And even like kind of the the New Year's thing that we would do where we were kind of like doing like mm. basically trying to do like New Year's revolu- resolution magic. Yeah. And uh, in retrospect, there was witchcraft. It, yeah. It was pagan ritual. Yeah. Where we would burn stuff. We would burn old stuff. We would like. Yeah. Yeah. Perform a ritual. And. With Halloween, to give you context, we we did do a seance of sorts um, where I would basically channel our relatives or like our ancestors. I would set up and we would set up an altar to our deceased loved ones. Which, you know, actually now thinking about it is pretty messed up. Yeah. (laughs) And I would pull tarot cards and we use a pendulum and all kinds of really witchy stuff that I made you do. I think it's less that you were unwilling to stand up to me and more that you knew I wouldn't respond well. Well, that's the thing too, is that almost who cares if you don't respond well? Like we kind of got to, well, now that I have things that I believe in, it's kind of easier to stand up for them. Mm. So I see. So you're saying that because you didn't really have firm connections yourself, you honestly like didn't really care like, there wasn't really moral implications enough. correct like you cared about me but you didn't care about you didn't really have values that yeah were it's not being was, threatened it's not like i you know 
was getting out like the the pitchforks and the torches and I was gonna burn you at the stake. <laughs> so would you describe me at the time as being witchy or being yeah. a witch? Oh yeah, you were a witch. Uh, and I mean, you would you would have described yourself as that. Uh, you would have you would have definitely called yourself a witch. I think you did on a on a handful of occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you feel about that? Again, it was you know just do what you want, be be who you want to be, kind of thing. Um, which is interesting because I feel like that actually contradicts with your conservative values. By the time I guess you were more libertarian. Yeah, I was. I was just kind of you know, do what you want, be happy, whatever. Mm-hmm. So happiness as kind of the goal in life. Yeah. And now, what do you stand? Is it similar or different? Uh, different, very different. Um, mostly because. I'm thinking about more than myself right now. I'm thinking about, you know, the, our family, the family that we want to grow, the community that we have. Uh, you could extrapolate that to, you know, as big as you want. Mm-hmm. I There's a responsibility there uh, to, you know, we live in a fallen, bad, bad world. We live in a bad world and the prince of this world is not our friend and that doesn't mean that we have to kind of let it go without a fight it doesn't mean that we we shouldn't strive to bring some of god's kingdom down here you know mm-hmm. and a lot of that is you know getting involved in a church and being part of the community, uh, donating your time and your resources to uh, causes that further the message of God or even just kind of assuages the suffering of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, which to the credit of a lot of people who are not religious, that is like one of the things that they're always kind of going on about is that you know there's so much suffering in the world Mm -hmm. and i think and like they they don't understand why a omnipotent omniscient god would would allow for for such suffering so there's there's like a good instinct there Mm -hmm. you know there's an instinct of this is unjust this is this is bad um and i want to try and do something about that Mm -hmm. so there's there's a little hope for everybody there to 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 find the truth and the way and the light. Uh, I, I that wasn't me then. When we did then come around and start looking at churches, tell me like walk me through your perspective on how that happened, why that happened, like how what you saw in me from. Even, I mean, even when we were going to churches, I was putting menstrual blood on my face and stuff like that. So that like didn't necessarily go away. Yeah. But just walk me through what you saw in terms of from who I was when we met to who I was a year ago and then now. And what it was like to live through that. I was in a tiny rowboat in the middle of three successive hurricanes. What was the first hurricane? 
uh, just when we kind of first met. You're a little mean to me. Um, I didn't like that you voted for Trump. Oh yeah, that was that was a mortal sin right there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I you thought st- you were. I thought you were a bigot. I called you a bigot. I, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. And then the second hurricane was witchcraft. Yeah. So third hurricane was kind of like this weird in between of you, you trying to make Christianity work for you, you trying to. And I mean, there's a lot of people doing that these days, um, but you trying to drag Christianity to the world and and kind of make it, instead, instead of people understanding, you know, Christ's message, you were trying to, you know, take the bits that you liked, mm-hmm. you, know, you go to the salad bar, you take the, the things that you like from it, leave the stuff you don't. Um, and, and, you know, say, oh, okay, this is, this is good for me. Well, that's what I was doing in the new age. That's what the new age is, right? Mm -hmm. So that makes sense that I was then applying the new age approach of taking bits and pieces from all kinds of world religions and philosophies, which is what the new age is. It's like a bit of Buddhism here, a bit of Buddhism there and like witchcraft here, all kinds of stuff mixed together in a way that works for the individual um, and serves their fleshly interests, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I just did that and brought it to Christianity. I was still, I had still, I still had the new age worldview. Right. Right. And, and, and I, I mean, just brought it into the church. So back it up a little bit. I want to hear your perspective on how we ended up in the church. Right. Because I know you said that there's your piece of you wanted spiritual comfort um, we also started trying to have a baby mm-hmm. and one of the things that we both agreed on because we were living you know pretty much in a new state we had a couple friends but we'd moved away from them when we bought our house yeah just like into the suburbs and we had no one we were alone um still kind of coming off like the pandemic alone at each other's throats more or less because we just spent so much time with each other because we I, didn't know anybody i would love to hear a little bit after in the and after we're done talking about this piece of it um more about our marriage because sure. i think there's a lot to unpack there from before god like the bc era to the <laughs> to the ce era but first let's let's finish this conversation which yeah. is how how did we end up in church right we were alone uh alone coming off the pandemic uh moved into a new house in a new neighborhood in a new state uh and just not a lot of friends and we decided like if we're gonna have kids we want them to be well adjusted we want them to uh have you know close family ties because uh you didn't grow up with that uh you moved to the united states when you were you know still still a kid and i know one of the things that your parents regret is that you don't know your extended family very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we're going to have kids, God willing, we will. Uh, my, my whole family is still on the East Coast, you know, so they're not going to have that closeness that I had growing up because I lived like two miles away from my nearest aunt. Uh, everybody was like, you know, at most like two hours away. We gathered for every holiday we like possible we saw each other all the time like weekends and 
uh, going down to the Jersey Shore on vacation, just the whole family. It was it was really great childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have like twelve cousins. Yeah, they got close in age, family. pretty much. Yep, yep. Um, and I I really want that for my kids. Yeah. Uh, even if I can't give them the exact same experience, we wanted to make sure that we had a community that we could also kind of lean on and that they could lean on us and that we could feel close to close to other people and you know I mean there's just nothing like that in the world Mm -hmm. like the church yeah so So then we just started searching not we (laughs) this woman can look at 50 white couches and tell me how they're all different and then expect me to to pick one and I mean, sure, she has her mind set on one, and sometimes it doesn't even matter which one I pick, right? Um, but yeah, you you went on a big church hunt. Um, I saw one Catholic church that I really liked, and that was the one I went to a couple times. Uh, I think you even went there before we started looking at, church, at churches. Yes. Earlier that year, I think you went a couple times by yes. yourself. Or maybe um, just once, I don't know, but like once, or once or twice, yeah there and then um i was trying to make it work for me right so going back to what you started talking about i was trying to make it work for me um and we had very gentle friends yeah uh i remember so we were in a small group yeah we were in a small group i me being me right you were saying how extra i was in the church search i was also i did this in all the churches but then we started really to focus on one and i i made a shared calendar with all the events the different churches had and small groups so I signed us up for a small group um and actually it was a couple we chose one of them and we ended up really like getting connected with them Mm -hmm. yeah and uh very patient people uh very knowledgeable in the bible and also just near us in age which is important uh similar life goals Mm-hmm. Uh, really just you know just really could not have picked better people to kind of explore uh, Christ with and I remember we didn't always feel like that I remember there was one incident where you you said something uh, where you, you kind of floated the idea that God might be a woman I, yeah, I said that during worship and I've done it for a while, but this is the first time I mentioned it in front of people other than you. Um, but during worship, sometimes it would say he or father in a worship song and I would switch it up and occasionally, and I would switch it between the two, but I would say both he and she or father and mother in the and, worship song. And our one friend in, in like the gentlest way possible, not even like out loud. It's like, that's well, kind of heretical. I think she said, oh, I mean, you're playing around with heresy. Yep. But yeah. yeah, that's right. And I got a little, I got a little mad at that. I got defensive, probably, probably is a better word. I got defensive of you. You know, I know that it was something that was new to you and nobody likes to feel judged, uh, which I don't think was going on so mm-hmm. much uh, in, in retrospect um yeah that's the thing is I said things like I like I said all kinds of things that's probably one of the standout examples mm-hmm. but I said all kinds of things that in retrospect were either heretical or like there was one maybe even a little blasphemous yeah, yeah this stands out um and I'm I'm still embarrassed about it now but I wasn't then 
um, and I guess people just took it as a joke, but it was a bit of a blasphemous joke. We were talking about, I think, um, anyway, we were talking about how we're all at different parts of the body of God. And I said, well, somebody's got to be God's butthole. Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I still do. And like people uh, laughed, but I, in retrospect, I'm like, it was, prob- it was probably an awkward laugh. Like it was probably a little blasphemous. And I thought about things differently then for sure. Yeah. Uh, and nobody in of, my group and nobody in our group turned me away nobody in my in our group like judged me at least outwardly a lot of grace lot yeah of grace from from our friends and yeah church church uh, goers our fellow christians um a lot of patience yes i think that is i think that's the main theme of, of our journey uh whether it's journey to god or journey with each other is patience mm-hmm. um and I think that that's, you know, kind of lacking today. Uh, it's easier to, you know, block people online. Mm-hmm. It's easier to shut people out. Um, it's, e- it's easy to do the salad bar approach to life. Yeah, because the, well, like you were saying, because you saw it this way too, but societally, the world values happiness above all else and Mm -hmm. when you value happiness above all else then the do what thou wilt approach is the way to go it's like oh whatever makes you happy because that's the goal in life when happiness is no longer the goal in life which in the christian framework it's not um then things change yeah so at the time i think happiness was uh, certainly my goal and i think you probably were seeing the world a similar way totally um, which is interesting I, I always go back to the fact that you had a christian upbringing you said that you even considered being a priest at some point however briefly yeah like and, there was like two weeks in middle school and i was like oh but that means that like you took your faith relatively seriously i did so with all that you still saw my blatant heresy and blasphemy and had patience and grace for me yeah i mean it's not Listen, it's not like I was running around going to church when we were dating, you know. Uh, but you had that found. You just like my I point is, I didn't even have that education. Like right. I didn't know what blasphemy or heresy was. I didn't even I yeah I didn't even know what heresy was by definition. I didn't know what that word meant. So you had this like Christian theology behind you, however shallow, however little bit of it you had, you did. And so you recognized witchcraft for what it was. You recognized heresy and blasphemy for what it was and you didn't judge me i'm kind of a bad guy or at least i was or at least i used to think i was uh so it'd be wrong of me to cast a stone and that's christian humility i don't the the irony is that now that i'm part of the christian church what i thought of the christian church is actually what's more present in the world the judgment mm-hmm. and even like hypocritical judgment mm-hmm. and pride and the better than thou attitude is actually in my experience much more present in the world than in the church because in the church in order to put your faith in jesus you have to have humility right. you have to have that recognition of being a sinner and not being worthy of heaven so that, that requires humility yeah, i mean i tell people like uh, I, I have a few friends like one friend who's like a staunch atheist 
and you know he'll rib me sometimes and i take it with good humor uh Mm -hmm. because uh because we're friends because i love him uh and i know i have faith that he's gonna you know find his way um because he's a smart guy and i think he is looking for truth Mm. but you know i tell him i'm like oh i need jesus um it's it's i'm not doing this because i'm better than anybody else in fact i think i'm much worse than most people uh which is not what i think so and again shows humility and recognition of our sinful nature i think more so than but who you actually are i mean it is who you but you know what i mean right right and but but that's dangerous too because that you could fall into all sorts of uh deep dark pits uh as the as the psalm says but he will grab you up out of that pit um but yeah i i need jesus i tell people that i need jesus um i think everybody needs jesus mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's it's hard to it's difficult to tell people what they need it's much easier it, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled mm-hmm. uh and and the, the, the thing is we've we've been fooled on this earth mm-hmm. um even even some christians um you know mm-hmm. are falling into to foolishness mm-hmm. <laughs> or or are being fooled uh, i think probably 99 percent of all people and that last one percent um probably probably even that too it's like it's just part of what makes makes us up we are easily fooled mm-hmm. i'm curious going back to the marriage thing how how do you think our relationship changed if at all since i came to christ or maybe we together because i know you were saying that you weren't really living out that christianity that you were raised on i think i've gotten firmer Mm -hmm. uh, because i now believe in things it's easier for me to uh, speak up when something bothers me because I do have that um, that foundation that I like I'm just not like I have a, a line in the sand that I'm not going to cross. You have uh, a value system now. Correct. Hello. Um, you've changed a lot. Um, I'd love to hear how because you know. I don't know if you would say this, but I think I tend to be dramatic. <laughs> so I tend to think, and you've heard me say this a million and one times, I've changed so much in the last month, week, year, etc. And usually in those points, this is before Christ, you would tell me or imply that I haven't. Yeah. You would either tell me outright or sometimes you would just stays violent you know, or if you're wearing a blue shirt and then you're wearing a red shirt you know, <laughs> so, haven't, haven't changed that much yeah um, so can you tell me what you see is different between those times when i thought i was changing massively every day every week every month every year and what you actually see to have changed you're, since christ you're more humble now I think you're less prideful. I think that's the main difference, yeah. Because uh, I think pride, I mean, you would say probably, you would agree that pride has been my my main issue. Yeah. 
forever has been the point of contention between me and my dad yeah your relationship with your parents is definitely testament to that because you have you didn't have the best relationship with them why do you think that is um you and your dad are very similar in what way both very very prideful uh both have to be right uh both want to feel important And, and but also and and i don't mean to like poo poo on you and your dad because i think there's a lot of really good qualities there too uh you both want to achieve things on your own or at least you used to i think that you've kind of come around to that like nothing's on your own mm. that you're always with, with with god but you have that you you both have this ambition mm-hmm. to do things well you um, taught me all this stuff. And, well yeah <laughs> um yeah which I think is is noble and good. So how has our marriage changed? You said that I've become more humble. Mm-hmm. You trust me a little bit more, I think, to make decisions for us. I think it's also because God is in our marriage. Exactly. I now trust that. I now you trust God's, <laughs> yeah, and I trust God's sovereignty. Whereas when it was the universe, I still sort of did, but it was different. Yeah. It was less the of a personal relationship. Different. Yeah. God, you can you can talk to him. You can have a relationship with him. He'll he talks to you. Uh, he talks to you more than he talks to me. I don't I'm know. Still, I'm still working on that. I'm still having a hard time because, as you know, I talk to lots of things. That's true. In the new age, and so I'm still having a hard time in terms of discernment. Um, and I still don't know how much of what I heard in the new age was. Because I think I do think some of it was God, and yeah. it's hard. I don't know. I think it's hard in retrospect because that was well. So that's deceived. why you. Re- that's why you you read the word a lot. Yeah, it, that definitely has been the main point of discernment for me is knowing God's written word. Yep. So I like our marriage. I'm pro our marriage. Yeah, but I I really want to know because because so going back to the dramatic, because I'm so dramatic, I tend to see things in extremes. Mm-hmm. And I tend to make things more extreme than they are. Yes. And I tend to think that our marriage has improved dramatically since I fully gave my life to Christ in April. And do we still have a lot of points of maybe contention is the wrong word, but we have still have flaws. I mean, we still have flaws in our marriage, and I'm not going to air out all our dirty laundry, but we still have flaws in our marriage. Oh, yeah. The other thing that I think that has changed and I'm not sure it's affecting our marriage that much, but it's affecting how I view our marriage. And that is, I used to believe nothing was sacred and I would want to talk about everything with everyone. And I didn't really do that with like people we know, but I would be willing to talk about anything on the internet um, in terms of our marriage, unless, you know, it's blatant. Like there are, I know there are some things that you wouldn't want me to talk about, but for the most part, unless it involves somebody else like you and I, I didn't want I mean, even this, it, this you. is a little bit more than I'd reveal on the internet. But I mean, this is a podcast for people. So uh, I guess that's kind of the point. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, as you know, I think you know that some of the things that I'm thinking about that you wouldn't want revealed online. Um, and even like to probably not even to close people, um, maybe a therapist or something. So I don't like therapists. I know. So I, um, 
I, I noticed a big difference and I've been meaning to talk about this on my platforms and I haven't yet at the time of this recording, maybe by the time I release this, I will. Um, God has been really speaking to me about how I used to almost like, I don't think it was performative consciously, but I think it was unconsciously performative vulnerability mm-hmm. of crying online. Yeah. And <laughs> you're like, I know what you're talking about. Um, and because when I was growing up, like I told you, and I think I've even shared this online, uh, I would get attention when something was wrong. Right. I would get attention if I was physically hurt or sick or something. So it's the same thing. When I would cry online, people would tell me how brave I am, how courageous I am in my vulnerability. And I would get a lot of positive attention right. for crying online. Those women crying on TikTok. Yeah. So <laughs> I would do that. And I like that wasn't my conscious intention. I thought... And because I always have been an open book, I always have been very willing to cry, but I almost think like, how deep does that go? How long have I been doing that? Not just online, but in my life. Mm-hmm. And since coming to God, something has changed in terms of sanctity, sanctity of my relationship, sanctity of my private life, sanctity of my private relationship with God. Like, I'm not going to share everything we talk about. He and I, I'm not going to share everything we talk about. I, I, there's a private life I now have that. I never, I never valued before. Mm. Um, but anyway, the reason that I bring that up in the context of marriage is because now marriage has a, a holy quality right. to it in my eyes that I'd never had. Before. It's more than just a piece of paper. Yeah. Stand. It makes me value you more. It makes me value the marriage more, mm. more than just a relationship that's supposed to like fulfill us. In fact, I don't expect it to fulfill us. In the I, think sense of a, I think that's a big change yeah. uh, in you since we've come to God is that um, you no longer seek fulfillment from me. I don't have to be everything for you. I just have to be me, uh, which is something that I was looking for because I, I did feel the, like a lot of pressure to be more than I am for you. Uh, and I felt kind of like a failure sometimes when I wasn't. And I, again, going back to that, I don't feel like enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that insecurity was being played out in, in your search for something greater than yourself mm-hmm. and greater than something on this earth. So I think that pressure in our marriage has been alleviated, but yeah, the crying has gone down. Um, the yelling has, has gone down, uh, still kind of a brat sometimes, but I think you're all right. I think you have changed, uh, incrementally but I think also that just a lot of the characteristics that weren't showing before that you always had are coming out now like more. what like your patience like you do have patience uh for for certain things and that's that's being broadened to, mm. to, to all, more aspects of life it sounds like fruits of the spirit yeah are growing yeah which is what we want right <laughs> that would mean that the holy spirit is present and it's working yeah because if you're saying i'm growing in patience you're saying i'm growing in humility <laughs> that's no. really good to hear yeah in closing then is there anything that you want to share with anyone listening regarding any of this regarding marriage regarding new age regarding maybe leaving the faith and coming back anything that we've talked about or anything else that you want to close with sure 
And then I want to close with a prayer afterwards. I think the world needs more patience. Luckily, it is not up to me that my wife found God. Uh, it is not up to her that I found God. And it's not up to you uh, that somebody that you care about is going to find God. It's up to that person. It's up to, it's also just in, in God's hands. Mm -hmm. um, so be patient with the people that you love. Uh, even if they have found Christ, you still need to be patient with because uh, we're not, we're not perfect. And uh, yeah. I think what I have a hard time with is not knowing, not knowing whether somebody we love will, will come to Christ. Yeah, that's, that's difficult. And that's something that I, I think about, like my mom was a Christian. Uh, my mom believed in Jesus. She uh, was a Catholic. She prayed her rosary every night. Uh, she prayed to God for me uh, when I was in the Marines. She prayed to God for all of her friends and family and people that she loved. Uh, she was given absolution by a priest before she passed. But I still, you know, I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. I wonder. I still, I still think about it all the time. Like, I really hope that my mother is in a better place right now and I, I have faith that we have a good God and I think he gives us a lot of grace mm. I think it I think it's really it like I think it's tough for him to it, it, it's tough for people to really fully run away from God uh, one of those things I'll ask him when I see him yeah, that's helpful. Knowing and trusting, having faith that we serve a good God. So even even the Bible telling us that it's his heart to not let any single one of us perish, keeping that at the forefront of our minds and then leaving the rest to him when we don't know if somebody is ever going to be saved. And then the other thing I think with patience is we've been studying the armor of God mm. and in it, in that section of Ephesians six, um, Paul writes repeatedly actually, and it's actually throughout the whole Bible, even in Joshua where I was reading it, be strong and courageous, but leaning on his strength um, and in the same vein, leaning on his patience, right? Leaning, those are fruits of the spirit, which patience, for example, is a fruit of the spirit because we receive it from spirit like it, it manifests in us through the holy spirit so knowing that and not because i struggle with we walk out our faith through works right? obviously we're not saved by works but works are a manifestation of our faith how do we not use like oh i'm not sanctified yet it's a process it's an excuse right i kind of take advantage of god's grace by saying he's gonna sanctify me i don't have to like try to live a holy life set apart from the world um but at the same time not perform holiness i'm kind of walking that line right now i'm trying to figure out and 
early on in being saved, it was kind of easy. I feel like the Holy Spirit, I, I was just more, I don't know, filled by the Holy Spirit or something. I mean, that may not be biblical theologically, but it was like, I was on fire for God. Right. Um, and it was just easy and natural. And then I kind of lost that a little bit and it's not as natural. So faith and walking in faith requires a bit more effort now. So I'm trying to figure out and find that line between putting an effort, which I think is healthy, yeah. putting an effort into my faith and walking in faith and living out my faith through action. It works. Um, while at the same time, when I wasn't in Christ, I would force, I would act, I would almost pre- play pretend, even though I didn't know I was doing that to to be a good person and then there is that line so anyway when you talk about patience and being patient i my mind i don't know if it goes to that because that's what i've been struggling with it's like how do i grow in genuine patience or is there a fake it till you make it aspect to it i think there's a fake it till you make it aspect to it um but it's uh, fake it till you make it but also be honest with yourself Hmm. uh because you only only a certain amount of people can can live a lie and then convince themselves that it's the truth you know i did that everyone does that i guess to an extent i'm i'm talking in circles right now because i say some people do it and now i'm saying a lot of people i don't know i don't know (laughs) this might be a question for the pastor would you mind closing us in prayer heavenly father we thank you for this opportunity to meet and talk about our testimonies and our marriage. Uh, we hope that everybody out there watching online uh, can use what we're saying right now to help find you in some way, uh, whether they're not a believer and they're coming to you for the first time or they're a believer and they're uh, reaffirming or deepening their faith in you uh, by the example that you set for us and set in us uh we pray that uh, all of our loved ones find you and deepen uh their faith in you uh we love you and in your son jesus christ's name we pray amen amen thank you for listening my love i'm so grateful for you and i hope you took something powerful away from today's episode if you haven't already hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode and if this episode felt valuable to you go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review on the apple podcast so that other children of god like you can find this podcast so we can reach more people if we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you. Go over to my Instagram at Anna Empowers and say hi, send me a message. I'd love to chat with you. Also head over to my website at AnnaEmpowers.com to dive deeper and explore both free and paid offerings God has been pouring through me to serve you so that you can ditch those shackles of conditioning and your past and step deeper into the stewardship God has called you too. Remember that God holds all the power. He created us to lean on him, not to do it on our own. He created you wonderfully and beautifully as an integral piece of his kingdom here on earth. So steward your gifts with purpose. I love you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.